A Christian girl, but with a lot of sin to confess. I, I live my life with a lot of like Catholic guilt and Catholic shame, I feel like. Martina, Rebecca, and Kingolo is a human library of anecdotes and stories that will leave you in stitches, like this one. It's, it's a very long story, but I'll try to make it short for you. Like, I will go on holiday and just start beating up people that live there. Like. Native to southern Italy, Martina has had a fair share of troubles around the world, but only moved to the UK five years ago, just when Brexit was beginning to take shape. In this episode of the podcast, Martina talks about her eagerness to move abroad. So in the south of Italy, people are more small-minded. It's a very different lifestyle altogether. Her travels elsewhere. And yeah, I've been in other places before. My first uh, trip by myself was in the south of France. Her fairy tale expectations for the capital, London. I was expecting everybody to be really posh, always wearing like elegant coats. And I thought London was just an array of men all dressed up, all looking like you Grant. Like that to me was London. <laughs> and a warning to all travelers. Everybody's listening, you do not sign anything if you don't understand what's written on it. Welcome. To So You Wanna Know, a podcast by me, Nila Nyakoa, a Kenyan journalist living here in London after 12 years of moonlighting as a journalist in the world's second largest economy, China. Martina, welcome to my podcast. It's really lovely to have you on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Now, I'm going to start by taking things a little backwards for you. I've discovered you've got a blog and oh on it God. you highlight the fact that since you were a little girl, you felt as though your hometown was a little bit suffocating. In your own words, it was a bit too small. Just how small was it? You did your research. Well, I'm from Italy, especially, like, we have to make clear, I'm from the south of Italy, because there is a huge difference between the south and the north of Italy. So in the south of Italy, people are more small-minded. It's a very different lifestyle altogether than from the north. Because if you are from Milan, that is a different thing. But I'm from a very small town in the south of Italy, and everybody knows each other, and there is, like, a lot of uh, I, I lived my life with a lot of like Catholic guilt and Catholic shame I feel like um, and that was part of like the reason why I wanted to leave all my life I didn't want to be there anymore and that's why I think I found like I couldn't fit in that is that is why by any chance could this be Sardinia Sicily or any of those southern Italy uh, places beautiful places that I've heard no, of no it's like Puglia so you know how like Italy is a boot. It's where the hill is, is, is there. So that's how I, descri I describe it to people. <laughs> it's called Puglia and it's like the most beautiful place because the beaches there are amazing and it's always sunny and there's so the, good, the, the food is very good. So yeah, it's a very, it's a very nice place. It's just a, like, it was maybe too little for me. I needed something bigger. And now you find yourself in the big city of London. Yeah. How are you finding life? 
London is a big change. It's a very big change. It's the first time that I moved to a big city for this long because I've traveled before London anyway. I've been I've been traveling for since I was probably like 15, 14. And so London is not the first time I'm abroad. But I love it. It's a, it's a huge place. I like that you can do something different every day. You can never get bored. There are some like downside to be here because like it's very expensive. Uh, in fact, like I pay so much for the one room I'm living in. And when I was in Scotland, I would pay around 200 pounds for a huge flat. And the, the change from that to I'm paying around a thousand for this room, just the room. <laughs> that was very traumatizing for me. Like if you see my behind me, you cannot see anything because over there, there are all of the coats of like mine and my boyfriend. I just took them all and throw them on the, on the bed right now. Cause I wanted to look a little bit more nice, but yeah, they're just stuff all over the place. Cause I keep buying things, but I don't have anywhere to put them. <laughs> so just... Well, it does sound like you actually do know and have a solution for these kinds of small space issues, but why are you, you know, constantly buying things? <laughs> Cause I have a problem, Nila. To be fair, I'm also in the same boat as you because I never realised how much of a shopaholic I was until it was time for me to pack my things in Beijing and move to London. And obviously now I'm more aware since I've moved here of how much stuff I had then. And so when I'm about to start shopping, I do actually stop and question if whatever I'm about to start buying is absolutely necessary, especially when you think about how expensive rent is here. <laughs> and I don't know if you watch the there's the book as well, The Confession of a Shopaholic. So it's a bit like that. Like I cannot stop myself from buying things. Like I have to buy things. And I don't have anywhere to put them. But that is fine because like it because everything is expensive here. I cannot buy that much anyway, anymore. So <laughs> I'm getting like close to not buying anything else. Yeah. Right. Now, um, moving on, you did actually mention before you moved to London, you were also in Edinburgh, but you've also been to lots of other places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, I wasn't in Edinburgh. I was near Edinburgh. It was uh, Stirling. And yeah, I've been in other places before. My first uh, trip by myself was in the south of France. And I was probably, I don't remember how old I was, maybe like, 15 years old and I was there by myself for three months to learn the language during the summer and it was the best time of my life I loved it so much and after that I did other traveling with friends for like a week or a couple of days but the big trip like big trips that I've done were always by myself like I went to Toronto after high school uh, to work as a au pair which is like a babysitter abroad and I was there for three months and then I went for a whole month to uh, Thailand with my grandparents because they were going for a holiday. And it was in the time that I was still figuring out what to do with my life. So it was right after the end of high school and the, then what was going to be the beginning of university because I took like a gap year in between. And so I just went with them to Thailand for a whole month then came back studied um for my exams and went to uh Sterling for four years from my undergraduate and now I'm I'm in London so yeah a lot, lot of places how did you find Thailand because I think Bangkok is one of those remarkable experiences Thailand, I haven't been then uh, I haven't been there we were we were in uh what's the name 
Phuket. Yeah, that's the one. We, we were in Phuket because they were there for a holiday. They already saw everything. I haven't, but I was the guest. They, they, they brought me there. So I have to do what they want to do. And so they brought me like a Phuket because they wanted to be at the beach all the time. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do that. If I have to, I'm just going to enjoy the beach there and not do the touristy stuff. But I don't know if I'm going to go back anytime soon. Because I don't know if I ever told you this. I was almost arrested when I was there. So I'm not going back. <laughs> what did you do? I didn't do anything. It was like a huge misunderstanding that scared me so much. I was like, I'm not going back anymore. It's, it's a very long story, but I'll try to make it short for you. Um, one day as we were getting out of the hotel, a girl was uh, running, I don't know where, and her phone fell on the floor. And she said that it was my grandmother's fault that her phone fell because, I don't know, she ran into her or something, I don't know. And so she wanted us to pay for it. We didn't end up paying for it. So she started harassing harassing us because she knew which hotel we were staying at. And so, uh, so she was like, what? Like she, she was being very, very annoying. Then one time, she figured out that we were going through another way to get inside the hotel to, to avoid her on purpose. And so out of nowhere, I was alone with my grandfather walking there. She comes out, out of absolutely nowhere and she starts attacking us. She, she, was, she had like her shoe in her hand and she was like going to beat us up. And I was panicking because I was with my grandfather there and I just go in between them and I tried to like pull her, like push her away. And after this, like, I don't know why she just left after like a minute of of doing this to us and so I had to call the police the police came to get me and then they went to get her because she lived right next to to the hotel so she, she got both of us we went to the police station inside the police car in Thailand and once we got there she gave a completely different version of what happened and she said that I attacked her out of the blue that I don't know that I just started being her up for no reason it's just like the, the craziest uh story like I would go on holiday and just start beating up people that live there like and so the guy said okay I don't know I don't know who to believe so let's do this I he gave me this document and it was like in, and this document wasn't in English it was in their language so I didn't know anything that was written on that thing and he was like okay you have to sign this and you promise that you're never going to do this again. And next time you do it, you're going to go to jail directly. And I was, and I was, I don't know, I think I was 19 when this happened. And I was, I had no idea what, the, what to do. Like, I just want to go back to the hotel. This is a nightmare. So I signed it. I don't know if that was, that was probably a stupid thing to do. So now if I go back to Thailand and I find myself in the same situation, I'm never coming back. So I'm not going back to Thailand. Honestly, maybe I think it's just safer if you stayed away for a little while longer. <laughs> and uh, and if you decide to go, yeah. make sure you've got a lawyer on speed dial when you visit again. I have no idea. I have no idea. Do not sign. Everybody's listening to you. Do not sign anything if you don't understand what's written on it. Yeah. Anyway, coming back to London, where you have been living for quite a while now, do you recall the moment you decided you wanted to relocate and live abroad? And how did you end up choosing London as your destination or rather the UK? Mm -hmm. Well, 
when I decided to move to London, I was already away from Italy. I was already in Scotland. So it wasn't um, like it was a no-brainer to go somewhere else. What happened is I've always wanted to go to London. I feel like all my decisions are influenced by films that I've watched because you know I'm a huge film fans and fanatic of everything that has to do with cinemas and tv shows and I will always watch one of my favorite was Bridget Jones and I wanted to be like Bridget Jones a journalist in uh, in London uh, that goes out with you Grant and Colin <laughs> and so I always wanted to go to London and at the end, I decided to, to so I, we were this close to not go because I came here with my boyfriend and he said it was going to be way too expensive. He was very worried about the idea of coming here because Scotland is just way cheaper than, than London. I don't know how at the end I just decided to make this decision. I feel like through the whole time that we were figuring out that we were doing the pro and con list, I feel like a part of me knew no matter how many like, downside are there i think we're going anyway like we both know i'm going to win this argument i'm gonna get us there coming up what is it about journalism that has always appealed to you did you always want to be a journalist so i needed a job that was more easy to achieve Anything or any aspect of living abroad that you wish you knew before you chose to come here? I knew the food wasn't going to be the same, but I didn't know that it was going to be that big difference. That and more next when we return. You are listening to So You Want to Know, a podcast by me, Nelania Koa. Today, I'm talking to Martina in Kingalo about everything and anything. But before we continue the conversation, I'd love to remind you that you can always reach out to me on my social media pages on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And now the conversation continues. Definitely a sentiment I can relate to because just before I moved here, remember I said earlier I was living in Beijing, I had friends constantly highlighting how dangerous it was for me to move to the UK in the middle of a pandemic and especially because the UK variant was seen to be even deadlier than other variants. Essentially, I listened, but obviously I chose to ignore their concerns and now I'm here we met at City University mm-hmm. doing our master's in international journalism. Yeah. <laughs> what is it about journalism that has always appealed to you? Did you always want to be a journalist? My journalism was never my first, my plan A. It was always going to be something that has to do with entertainment, with cinema. Uh, I feel like my dream in the drawer is to be a screenwriter. To this day, I would love to write a film or a TV show. And journalism was always the second option. The more, the the one that is like, because when you think about a job in the cinema industry, you think it's going to be impossible to achieve. So I needed a job that was more easy to achieve. Now thinking about it, 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 it that was bullshit because <laughs> taking forever to find a job. So 
I took the wrong decision. So because of that, I picked journalism. And uh, when I was in Scotland, I did journalism and film and media. So I tried to have both my passion at the same time. And then when I decided I want to keep on studying, because I... I actually like to study and I know I was going to miss it. So I was like, I'm going to do one year master and then I'm going to call it quit with the, the uni life. And I knew I wanted to do something more specific with broadcast. That's why I went to City because I did more print journalism in Sterling. So I knew I wanted to find somewhere that had a broadcast course. And I heard about City because my professor in Sterling went to City. He was a City alumni and he really talked so highly of it. And so I thought I would have never been able to get to City. And I applied to so many universities. I ended up getting in all of them to my surprise. <laughs> and City was one of them. So I was like, I'm going to pick City. I, I, I was between City and the Westminster University. And just the course at CD was just got me more. Exactly. And that's the amazing bit because otherwise we probably would have never met each other. Yeah. So tell me, what makes London tick as a city? What other striking yeah. elements are there for you that makes it such a hero place to be? Well, of course, besides it being a mega metropolis and bigger than your hometown. Well, I, as I said before, like, What's amazing about London is that you can do so many things, so many different things every day. I feel like you can never get bored here. If you can afford it and if you get free time, you, you can do anything you want. I cannot think of any activity that you can do somewhere else that you cannot do here. So I like that. I like that there's like a big sea of opportunities for everything, entertainment and this kind of thing. So that's why I love, I love London. I feel like as well, London has always had like of a fairy tale kind of connotation because of the royal family that is here. So because that was an, one other thing that I was obsessed with, <laughs> I always connected to as London being a fairy tale place. So that's another reason why I like it. It's like a royal place. That's that's what London has that is different from others. Especially if you go to Buckingham Palace, I feel like there is like one of my favorite places in London because the parks there are amazing. And every time I walk there, I think like, do they sometimes come walk here? Like, did they ever? They, they must have done it at some point. But I'm like, when I turn around and there's like Prince William right there, like walking with, with his kids. Like, anyway, I'm not delusional. I know I'm not going to see them walking at the park. This is just magical thinking. That reminds me of every time I walk outside and I see a Peter Express place. And I'm always <laughs> expecting somehow Prince Andrew to just walk out of there. Anything or any aspect of living abroad, in particular here in the UK, that you wish you knew before you chose to come here? Okay, before I moved to the UK, I feel like I knew the food wasn't going to be the same, but I didn't know that it was going to be that big difference. Anyway, we can't talk about the UK without mentioning Brexit, which resulted in many EU nationals leaving the country. Why did you choose to stay when there was this mass exodus of people exiting the United Kingdom? I feel like I haven't felt a big difference in my lifestyle since Brexit started. I feel, I feel because I was lucky enough, I've been here for now more than five years because I have the pre-settled status and I could actually apply for a settled status. So because of that reason, 
I do not feel like a big difference. I remember, I can remember still to this day when Brexit first was announced and it was in 2016, I think. And it was the summer before I actually moved to the UK. And I remember watching the news and crying my eyes out because I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to go. I wasn't going to be able to go to the UK anymore. And now we know that took it's 2021 and they're still figuring it out. So <laughs> there was no reason to cry in 2016. I feel like I worried more than that I did that do now. But yeah, I don't not feel a big difference. Like maybe later on, I'm going to feel it more and it's going to be traumatizing. But at the moment, I don't feel it. I think like what annoys me is that maybe it would be like more difficult for family members to get here or to wanting to start a live here. I, I feel like it's kind of becoming like America. I feel that the, um, the UK was that English, like, I don't know. I feel like London and New York are two cities that everybody like looks at like wants to go to but new york is kind of a, unattainable like you cannot go live there easily you have to go through a lot of documentation visa while london at least from italy you just go there and do your life well now it's kind of become the same thing as places in america you have to go through a lot of documentation to live there so yeah that's the thing that's probably annoying but I feel like at this moment I don't know if then it's gonna change my life hasn't changed much just because I was lucky enough to come here way before everything started happening next time on part two of so you want to know isn't it awful to be in a relationship that you have to wait for your boyfriend to watch the show because if you watch it without him then it's like cheating or something the second part of this conversation because well we had too much time to discuss and also we could afford it time-wise. Many thanks to Martina in Kingolo for giving us some insights into her life traveling abroad and relocating to a much bigger city in this episode. If you did like this edition, again, DM me on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is Nila underscore Nyakoa. That's Nila underscore Nyakoa. If you have any suggestions or topics you would like me to chat about or you have a great story to tell or even you know someone who has a great story to share, you know what to do. For now though, for me Nila Nyakoa, it's goodbye until next time. <laughs>